We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Week 11 of Fantasy Football Rankings by position. You want the list? Hit the description. You want the time codes for a specific position? Also down in the description. As is the direct link to the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Now open, 3,000 spots, rake free. Best tournament on DraftKings. Better fill it if you want to make your own projections. Highly recommend you check out runthesims.com slash mayo. Get yourself 10% off all the betting tools, all the DFS tools, and the season-long projections you can use to win win your matchups even the head-to-head comparison tool with the rangefinder not a problem also if you want more betting content whether you're super casual brand new or highly advanced highly recommend that you check out thehammer.hq on youtube or thehammer.bet the website and go to it right now um it's fantastic uh, just throwing that out there for everyone i have shows up there uh, with feinberg and tim and with cam and rob extra on what we do Already, Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com is on the line. Sir, it's almost Thanksgiving. The time flies, man. I know. It really does. This is about when I usually – you you usually get your second win before I do. This is about usually when I get mine, right? Is this the, because Thanksgiving week is hell for us because you got the five – well, is it as bad for you? Because I know you still do stuff up there, but it's like, like is it as bad in the fact that like everything's shut down and you're trying to cram everything into three days? Well, not wait, wait, our Thanksgiving was like five weeks ago. So right, I had right. to I had to work through that with everything being closed and having like wrangling my family. And now it's in a weird situation because I have to do the same schedule for your Thanksgiving as I normally would because, you know, it's American football, so American Thanksgiving. That only works. I don't get any American holidays off, but I also, because of the schedule, don't get any Canadian holidays off either. It's really bizarre. <laughs> so I still have to cram all my stuff into the three days, but that's only because that's when everyone's going to consume the content is those three days. I will have a brand new show on Friday, and I'll be like the only person with that. 
<laughs> you will be the only person. Are you going to be the only person in the studio doing it, period? Is that yeah. it by yourself? Well, running no, little- I, I think uh, Meanie and Tam- like, Tambo lives like 15 minutes from me. Meanie lives like just over an hour away. Maybe the three of us can go do a show together. You know, it's really funny as a quick sidebar is that over an hour away. It's so funny when you like Virginia Beach, people are like, oh, he lives like 20 minutes away. I'm like, seriously? Like, have you never lived in a city where so like a friends live 30, 45 minutes away? You know, it's funny because like where I live now, I could drive for like 70 minutes and get to Meanie's house. But Meanie lived probably three miles from me in Toronto. Also would have taken me like 35 minutes to get to his house. <laughs> See, so there you go. <laughs> It's just you're taking subways, you're taking streetcars, you got to walk for a little bit. This is like straight shot highway. We're good to go. Well, that's actually, I'd rather do that than drive 30 minutes of traffic, honestly, as we just consume this entire episode on traffic talk and locations in Canada. Yeah, I mean, we're not even being specific about locations in Canada, but you know, I liked because I, my old office, like the old studio, was geez, I could walk there in probably. 35 minutes i could take the subway and get there in around like 28 minutes but i used to uber every day because i'm fucking lazy and that's just how i am <laughs> leave everything to the very last second but the one thing i enjoyed i constantly be stuck in traffic but i could work in the back of the uber i could just like tether my phone to my computer and just do my prep that way so <laughs> yeah it was worth wait like- is that the old is that the old office or the old old office the one that i actually went to the other one no the old office not the old old meanie used to live by the old, old the old fantasy studios yeah <laughs> Uh, that, yeah, that, that, that walk was a, to that. Yeah, you could walk to that. It would take me like an hour from my house to walk. Then, I mean, I oh no, they, I was saying I got put in like a whatever Canadian Airbnb is. Is that still Airbnb? Still I'm Air- not driving. I'm seriously, I, I'm seriously asking. Yeah, I think so. I think it's still Airbnb. <laughs> okay. All right, let's talk running backs for week number eleven. Much better. That I feel like it's much better this week. Although I got to a point where I'm like, ooh, now now we're doing a little bit of a, a shuffle here. Eckler's number one. For me, although one through 11, I suppose, doesn't really matter. (laughs) Eckler, Henry, Barkley, Delvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs. That goes into Damian Pierce, James Conner, David Montgomery, with the assumption that Khalil Herbert is not going to play. We still don't know that as of yet. And if he does play, obviously Montgomery will go down. Pollard is 14 with Zeke back for me. Ramondre is number 15, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Devin Singletary, Miles Sanders, and Elijah Mitchell coming in at number 20. Mm. We spoke about this a little bit on last week's show of what would the return of Elijah Mitchell look like, and I was like, all right, I could see him eating into the work. Did not think he'd eat this much into the work of Christian McCaffrey. Why are we trading all these picks for Christian McCaffrey? I think that's the most confusing part about it. Like, so there's so many things that I got a lot of pushback when I tweeted, like everybody was, was like, what the hell's happening? Uh, I, I made the joke comp tweet about like, hey, play CMC, you cowards, because that's like a joke thing out there. Uh, I was looking to find the tweet that I put out yesterday. But, oh, here it is. So w- it makes sense. Like people are like, well, we're going to keep Christian McCaffrey healthy. OK, sure. One hundred percent. That makes sense. Christian McCaffrey healthy for the playoffs. You're a playoff contender. Why trade for him and get him banged up? But you just gave him immense work the week before he can handle it and i understand seating a few touches but talk about getting hurt elijah mitchell you're going to give him 18 touches every single elijah mitchell's not going to make it to the end of the season if they're giving him 18 touches every single week and the volume was confusing i will say this pat it's 
something we can probably, if we're going to say one game is predictive of what the 49ers are going to do, we can kind of predict what should happen. So this is what I tweeted out yesterday. So when the Chargers were up by four more or more, so over a field goal, 75% of the snaps went to Christian McCaffrey, 25% to Mitchell. When it was game neutral in between a field goal both ways, it was 58% CMC, 42% Mitchell. So not as big as a gap, but still a gap. When the 49ers were up by over a field goal, 36% for CMC and 64% for Mitchell. So this kind of tells us like once the game's in hand, they're going to turn to Elijah Mitchell. I agree with you. Why do you just trade a second, third, fourth, and fifth for Christian McCaffrey just to split touches with somebody who's had a bunch of injuries himself? It makes sense fine, but I think we now have to look at this as like Mitchell's playable and what we expect to be good game scripts for the 49ers. And CMC has, runs the risk of maybe having a mm, RB2 type of game if they're up early. That makes sense to me. And when we go down farther in the rankings, there's probably a name that you didn't hear. It's Donta Foreman comes in at number 22 this week. I still like Foreman more than Hubbard, but I think that we are shaping up to potentially see what happened two weeks ago with Carolina. And now Baker Mayfield is starting a quarterback as well. So I don't know how that's really going to impact <laughs> Donta Foreman. But if they get down a ton, which they're expected to do to Baltimore, I just don't know how much Foreman's going to be in the game. Like, if you're going to, like, trust Foreman as a legit option this week, I think he's a low-end number two. I think he's playable because he's still going to get all of the goal line work if they ever get near the goal line, which they have not really done all that much with Baker Mayfield, a quarterback so far this season. That's just going to be Hubbard in the game, or as we talked about, whoever that role is as the pass catching back. The first week when it was Hubbard and Foreman, Hubbard was the main between the tackles guy, and Foreman was the yeah. pass catcher. And we were like, what is going on here? That has flipped yeah. since Hubbard got hurt and then has since returned that it's very clear that Foreman is the better in between the tackles runner he runs hard and they don't want to use him in the passing game at all and if they get down by 10 early very feasible against the Ravens we just might not see a lot of them yeah that's the risk right there and I think that uh, I had Foreman a little bit low last week because I was expecting Carolina to play better and possibly uh, you know or sorry Atlanta to play better and to have this game either close or Atlanta come out to a little bit of a lead against Carolina, but it went the opposite way very quickly. So I think that's what you look at is we've kind of seen that so far through the entire Foreman season, so to speak, since Christian McCaffrey's been gone. Uh, and it might not be even like, I'm not agreeing with you to say, go play Hubbard. And I don't think you are either because it might be Blackshear. And it just might be he's that guy now. And Hubbard's kind of just that third option backup plan for Foreman now. Either way, I, I do think that brings in some Foreman risk there. The one that I saw a little bit high that I wanted to ask you about because you brought this up last week and it's why I pulled back on Miles Sanders and we saw that go super south for the Eagles. Not Look, the Eagles weren't supposed to be behind like that. The Eagles weren't supposed to be playing catch up to the Washington Commanders and all that type. That all being said, you said last week the Washington Commanders are sneakily good against running backs. And if you look down at what they've done this year, even as they've been getting better off the past three or four weeks, uh, Damian Pierce, I know he gets all the work, but that still feels a little bit high for this matchup. I just think that he gets all the work, and that's that's also the strike against Miles Sanders, that he doesn't get all the work. He has to share it with sure. Gainwell and Scott, but mainly he has to share it with Jalen Hurts. He actually didn't even play that poorly. He only had like two carries in the first half or something crazy like that against the Commanders. He actually looked quite good in the second half, and 
I guess the big thing here is I think that Washington may have kind of blown their load a little bit. It's going to be a short week for them. <laughs> we might get Chase Young back, which would not be good. But short week, this was their Super Bowl, realistically, knocking off an undefeated team. Uh, and they played excellent defense. They also got kind of lucky in that game, too, with some of the calls. And just oh, yeah. Philly didn't have its A game and turnovers. when they came. But I, I just feel like we, we saw that like Houston played from basically two scores down that entire game against the Giants. Albeit the Giants have a much worse run defense than the command. Yeah. do but they just pierce 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 like that was the worst game pierce is essentially gonna have and he did what 100 yards rushing <laughs> uh, okay i mean I, I get it i just i was looking at two or three names behind him that i feel a little bit better about like i, I don't love david montgomery but i love david montgomery knowing herbert's not involved okay That's, you know what you're probably right about that and i i felt like this was kind of a hedge just in the off chance that herbert does play but you're right if since i do not have herbert ranked how high up would you move david montgomery would you put him above josh jacobs pierce just, just. Yeah, because against Denver? Yeah, Denver has a Denver bad run D, although they it was funny. Watching that game was kind of hilarious because like statistically coming in over the last month, Denver had the worst run defense in football and the best pass defense. But Derrick Henry obviously got limited by Denver. Why? Because Denver didn't even try to play pass defense. They're like, and you saw what ended up happening. They just sold out to stop Derrick Henry. And they were like, this is probably going to be good enough against a, a gimped up Ryan Tannehill. And eventually they ran the flea flicker play and just Nick Westbrook Ikea was just behind the defense because they had sold out on the run <laughs> every play during the game. And it was working. I just don't know, even with like the limited passing attack that Vegas is going to put yeah. up, it's better than Tennessee's passing attack. Like they, they have players that Denver has to respect. Sure. Sure, but uh, you know Atlanta's run defense versus Denver's, and I know you're saying De- just ugh. yeah. No, I, I would I, I, I'm good with Montgomery. It's, it's, it's Montgomery barely over Jacobs. I mean, yeah, I, I could close, listen. I, I could see a situation because I'm like this. I'm just like, man, Joe Mixon coming off 60 points in a bye week, but now TJ <laughs> Watts back for the Steelers. Mixon, I don't know. I, I'm gonna play Mixon over Montgomery, but I, I think it's pretty close. Wait, you mean Mixon's not gonna score four touchdowns this week? I, I mean, he might. That, that, that's it. That's in his range of outcomes, as we've seen. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, well, speaking of that being in a range of outcomes, where did you? I, I didn't say where. Where was Kamara in your ranks after uh, coming off that dud? Yeah, two duds in a row. Eight. Yeah. Being a bench. I, I think. No, I just the, some of the names behind him. I think at this point I would play in front of him. I, I think the, if you're looking at the Rams, or I know they're broken, but sneaky defense this week I call they're they're now in the world of being a sneaky defense from years past now they're a sneaky defense to play as matchup wise I I don't think any defense playing the Saints whether it be Dalton or Jameis starting because we don't know yet it's probably going to be Dalton I I would actually bump Kamara down if Jameis is starting because he's just although we haven't seen the targets materialize for Kamara Mm -hmm. as much as we had seen at the beginning of the Dalton run it just doesn't happen with Jameis (laughs) it's not even in the cards no it doesn't Speaking of Jameis, by the way, like how insane he is for this passing game, because I was tweeting out the fact that Christian Watson had the second most team air yard percentage for any given week in this year. That week, like Chris, yeah, Chris Olave, when he had that three, yeah, when he had the 300 air yards, that didn't even crack the top seven because of how many air yards Winston threw in that game. That's insane. 
What do you make? Isn't it? Yeah. Looking back at the snap shares, you can find all the snap shares in the newsletter, by the way, the Monday post. There's a new one coming out on Tuesday night with updated injury report, you know, thoughts about the week, then another one on Saturday. Highly recommend that you go sub. It's completely free. Gets sent right to you, and it gets updated for the injuries every day if you're ever needing a hotspot for an injury list of when that comes up. James Conner played 95% of the snaps. Colt McCoy couldn't be, I mean, he doesn't have like the upside, obviously, of Kyler, but for what he does within that Arizona offense, it becomes so concentrated. It's actually really easy to point out. Now, I don't know if this is going to last into Mexico City this week or if that was just like a one-off thing because he's hurt as well, although it does look like he's going to play. James Conner, 95% of the snaps. They cut Eno Benjamin because... I don't know. (laughs) DeAndre Hopkins, 40% of the target share. Rondell Moore, 35% of the target share. Like, that is what you want from an offense if you have these guys in fantasy. This was was the Minnesota Vikings. Cook, uh, Thielen, and Jefferson. Like, this this was terrific. This is what we've always wanted. Uh, You know, I feel a little bit better, honestly, going against the 49ers if Kyler Murray was out there. Uh, He has been pretty concentrated, too. And then, well, and... We got the AJ Green stupid touchdown of all. It's like you bring back Colt McCoy and you get that involved. But uh, it is definitely nice that the, you know, Benjamin was surprising to say the least. I don't, you, he performed well this year. Even, you know, I know there were some shaky games. I, I'm just speculating, thinking there's something else behind the scenes. Like because he didn't get many touches in that game, if he just blew up at the coach and they're like, we don't tolerate insubordination, he's gone. Because uh, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense with how much James, James Conner has missed three plus games. In all but one season. Like, he's yeah, definitely yeah, an injury Yeah, but, he, but he's only ever missed more than three games once in a season. Uh, see, you know, let's see how you can play that out. You know exactly what I'm talking about there. And then your next option up, Daryl Williams is on IR. So you're down to Keonta Ingram. And I, then they brought in Ty- Tyson the Savior Williams from oh. a few years ago. To, you that, remember that? Or what, that was that last year? Pretty sure that was last, that was last year. year. It was last that was year. last year. Gotta, gotta have Tyson, Tyson Williams. <laughs> It was like so long ago. Well, because it was the beginning of last year. And then we had the guys after that with Devonta Freeman Bell. and uh, Latavius Murray. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell. They're just playing all the like former guys in there. Professional knockout artist, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I would hey. I, listen. I don't think you need hey. to. I don't think you need to pick up. Keontae Ingram, but deeper leagues. Yes. And when we start yeah. going through the, the names of hell. Uh, Jalen Warren and Hilliard and James Cook and all of these guys like Alexander Madison, like the primo backups. He's now one of them. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I put him in the waiver link uh, this week and I checked him in basically right behind like the Jalen Warren situation because at least Warren's getting a run. But I'll tell you, like in front, I'll give you an example. In front of Ingram, I put like Isaiah Spiller, McKinnon and Warren and right behind him, like I'd pick him up over Latavius Murray and Kenneth Gainwell. I think I would pick him up over Isaiah Spiller because I'm still not convinced it would be him in a full-time I am. Uh, Joshua Kelly's still not back, and I, I'm a Spiller. I like Spiller talent. I'm a Spiller fan from the NFL draft, so that's part of it. You know, that can differentiate if you like Spiller or not. Okay. I mean, I'm indifferent to Isaiah Spiller. Just one of those things where like, I don't either like nor dislike him. I'm just thinking about what the role he's going to play. I just feel like that would be a split backfield. I think he would be in a similar situation to Austin Eckler. So I see a little bit more upside. Okay. Maybe I should believe you on that. You go with Pollard at 14 <laughs> and Ramondre at 15 with Zeke and Damian Harris both playing? 
Mm, if it's mine, I probably flip them, but that's nitpicking. And oh, that's because like it's 14 versus 15. Yeah, you put yeah. Ramondre. Yeah. I'd go oh, yeah. Stevenson over Pollard, but I don't really care. I, I think that's what we're looking at now is just that Pollard is going to be the RB2. Zeke is going to be an RB3. And if he gets a touchdown, he could finish up there with Pollard. And there might be weeks where Pollard just yeah, you know, disappoints a little bit when Zeke is out there. That's the risk you run. So I think that's just what we're looking at going forward, which I know they're on a bye, but I think that's what we're going to be facing with Rashad White and Leonard Fournette going forward now, too. I especially think so, because it seems like the hit pointer for Fournette is going to be okay, and that he'll be able to return in week number 13. Yeah, week 13. 12. In week 12. 12 next 12. week. But... <laughs> I think they they do want to save him to be playoff Lenny. Like, it's going to start being a lot of Rashad White. Then we're going to get to the first round of the playoffs. It's like, oh, 95% Leonard Fournette again. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be? Of course, yeah. That's, I could just see that making up for that. But the truth is, Rashad White was out there starting. He was out there for the first series. And, you know, that's the fact that Fournette and Zeke are very comparable at this point in their careers. Do, do you think it plays into my theory about the European games of what we saw in London over the course of time? And now that it's flipped a little bit and we saw it in Munich, I completely forgot about it, is that this turf is not built for NFL players. It's built for soccer players who weigh like a, oh, bu- a buck 95, <laughs> not 375. So you put your lighter running back in the game so they don't like sink into the grass. I mean, Leonard Fournette's a big dude. Not to say that White's not, but he's not quite as big as old Uncle Leo. That maybe that's why he ended up getting the start in that game. <laughs> well, the light feet versus the soft feet. I can see that's a decent theory. I mean, Sony Michelle's not a big dude, but he drives his legs into the ground so flipping hard. That's why he has all those leg injuries throughout his career. Uh, that that's. I mean, you saw the giant ass divots that were going up. That it's. I like your theory. That's an interesting theory. Yeah, so they'll have to get that figured out. I love the Munich game, by the way. Fuck the London game. Let's just go every. Just go to Germany every time. <laughs> They had. I, I, do you think it was the fact that it was like the Germans or was it the fact that it was their first game versus London's now been there for so many years because they were fired up the entire time like a soccer game. But that, that's what I'm saying. Is it because it was their first or is it just really because their fans might be a lot more fun than the London people? I think that they're fa- I just to, it's not that necessarily maybe I'm wrong about this. Like I look at like my metrics for the Pat Mayo experience football shows bigger and like I have a pretty good audience in the United Kingdom. But a lot of that is because of golf. Uh, when it comes to football, more German listeners than UK listeners. Like And like even when NFL Europe was going on, like the, the main teams were all in Germany. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. I know, I know I flashed a couple times in Germany. I was like, was it the other one, like Papua New Guinea or some random something like that? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, the, okay, cool. The, the, the PME, big in Portugal, by the way, if people need to know. Don't, don't know why. <laughs> like, big in Colombia as well, but I think that's because we talk about Sebastian Munoz a ton on the golf show. We'll see. 21 <laughs> through 30, Ezekiel Elliott is number 21. Donta Foreman, number 22, as mentioned. Antonio Gibson, I have at number 23. It, when you said that, like, you think Isaiah Spiller is really good, I just think that Antonio Gibson's way better than Patterson uh, or Robinson at this point, uh, even though, like, yeah. and they're both getting a ton of bulk. Uh, and he ends up scoring the touchdowns, and he's in the majority of the time inside the five-yard line, which is nice. And he's the one who's used in the receiving game if things go awry. Kareem Hunt, Cordero, A.J. Dillon, DeAndre Swift, Melvin Gordon, Gus, Bus, Edwards, and then Kenyon Drake back-to-back. Now, Drake would get a huge bump up, or if Gus Edwards ends up sitting out, although I think that he's going to be back this week. When we do, I, I want to do this at the end of this year. I want to do like the five between you and I, the five that we were right on and the five that we were wrong on. I mean, you can, t- people out there who are watching, they're probably not watching anymore if uh, they drafted the guys I was wrong on because they're done in their fantasy leagues. But I felt like I was pretty in tune with the guys who weren't going like 
I have had this like case against DeAndre Swift for ages, and the case that I've made is the case that's played out this year. Yeah, this like, wait the injuries or the split part? The split Bo- part, both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so there you go. Uh, definitely right. The the wrong one. You know mine was Cam Akers. That was not fun. That oh, was, I, that was I, I I also got that wrong. So let's we don't talk about that. <laughs> It's the Bruno of the fantasy football about, community. We hey. talk we talk about ranking Christian McCaffrey at number one over Jonathan Taylor. We don't talk about Cam Akers. Hey, I was like the Cooper Cup over Justin Jefferson was fine until this past week. That sucks. But uh, I'm trying to think like that. I had plenty that were right. But the, yeah, we're definitely about DeAndre Swift. I want to save it because, you know, I throw out like the Damian Pierce's and stuff like that. But the DeAndre Swift, I'll give you credit. I was more bullish than you were. I still agreed with you and believed that the Jamal Williams. I just said that. I thought the Jamal Williams thing was going to be like a 60-40. You pushed back and said it was going to be worse than that, and you were definitely right on that one. And it's all the goal line work. I know that Swift ended up scoring last week, but like if he doesn't score a touchdown now, he is like a wide running back five. (laughs) It's it's bad. Uh, I do think it'll tick up a little bit more. We saw the signs of it this past week as he didn't didn't have an injury designation, and he was finally 100% cleared. And you saw the snaps come up. But honestly, let's go back to these split backfields we're talking about. Uh, if you're looking at I'm trying to like look at a backfield comp that would be really good for the DeAndre Swift, the usage. Michael Carter with Brees Hall. That's really kind of where we're headed right now. And maybe a little bit more touches. The split's a little bit closer. I'm not talking about Brees Hall at the end. So like say Brees Hall kind of like that middle pace where he's like 60-65. The 30-35 was Michael Carter could break off a big reception, could get the touchdown and finish top 15 with Brees Hall. But as you mentioned, if he doesn't get the touchdown, if he doesn't have a big player too, he's an RB4 or RB5. I think that's kind of what we're looking at now, unfortunately. I would actually say it's like the Montgomery-Herbert split, where there's going to be weeks where Herbert gets more than Montgomery, and there's going to be weeks where Swift gets more than Williams. That's a good one. It's just not the majority of weeks. And it doesn't make sense. At least that's the big thing that we talked about with the Bears, though. There's no rhyme or reason. It's not the matchup. It's not up or down game flow. It's not anything. It's just one week it's Herbert, one week it's Montgomery, some weeks it's both. It's just credit to the Bears because the the defenses have no idea what they plan to do week in and week out. But I think that's that's actually a better comp. I'll give you that. You win that. You win that one. Thank you. you. And here's the sneaky thing about the Lions: like they were using Craig Reynolds a bunch before he went on injured reserve. Now they're using Justin Jackson for no reason. <laughs> hey, if the coaches don't know what they're doing, you can't know what they're doing. <laughs> that's that's savvy. That's a that's a Dan Campbell Jeff Saturday method. Although, shout out to Dan Campbell, who if you survived with Jonathan Taylor this long, you might have the top three running back back again. Oh, for Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. Did I say Campbell? Yes, it did. Yes, congrats. I told you it was a savvy move. Ursay is it's a win-win for Ursay. It was, hey, you can call me stupid. That's fine. We tank. We get a great new quarterback. I bring in a coach with no ties to what just happened. If Saturday turns out to be a genius, boom, haha, I was smarter than you. And now we just signed Saturday long term. Like there was no downside for Ursay doing this. Split backfields. Do you like Gibson over Robinson? Just yes. Yes. Or no. Okay. Do you like yes. yeah. Cordero still the best of the Atlanta running backs? Yes. It's okay. just that's what we're headed towards. Is the, that's actually Cordero was that beforehand. You get those down weeks. That's just what happens with him. Yeah. So Algier played forty eight percent of the running back snaps last week against the Panthers. Cordero played thirty seven percent, and Huntley was still mixed in. And you have to he, contend with Mariota running the ball. It's not great. 
No, and Patterson only had two game, only two, even before he got hurt, where he hit the fifty percent snaps. He was in the, he was kind of in this role already, anyway. Pacheco, Edwards, Alaire. Yes. Okay, so it's Pacheco. I have Pacheco ranked the highest. I have him just outside the top thirty. Here's the difference, because someone kind of pushed back on me. They're like, well, he should be the number one waiver wire pickup if he's still out there. Like, how much better does it get for him than what he's doing right now? It doesn't. This is that it. That right there. <laughs> that that's your counter argument, and I agree with you. But he is a top three or four, though, given what's out there. Because I think he had him, I had him at third this week in waivers. Because he, like the running backs are thin right now. Sure, but what he is, I'd rather have Jalen. I'd old. rather I'd rather have White. I'd rather have Warren. I'd rather have Gus Edwards. Yeah. And like I'd rather I I I put him in front of White just because. The, the the hit or miss of the white Fournette situation. Yeah, but, and the I, goal but, line but, I, but I'm not looking to play white every week. I'm not like if you're playing Pacheco every week, your team fucking sucks. <laughs> it might no, it might just be you might win wide receiver heavy. Here's where here's my counter argument. This is what I'll say. So Pacheco, do we definitively know what Pacheco is? He's Derrick Henry on the Chiefs. He's not using the passing game. Although if you look for Clyde Edwards Alaire in the rushing game box score, you're not going to find him because he didn't have a rush. He had two targets, zero receptions. Clyde Edwards Alaire is dead now. He's a high end backup if you want to stash him in case Pacheco gets hurt. McKinnon's clearly the passing game option. These are backfields we've seen before. A clear runner and a clear pass catcher. They have their roles separated. The thing is, if you look at the Chiefs schedule and knowing what the Chiefs are and knowing who they are as a team, Pacheco plays out to be a locked in RB. Yes, of course, things like the Eagles game last night, things can go sideways and you can get a Pacheco game where he goes 10 for 40 and doesn't get the touchdown. But I think if you look at their schedule most weeks, you would expect 15 plus carries, a chance for a touchdown. Mid-low RB2, I'm not saying put him higher than that. I'm not saying going crazy. But yeah, I do think you could start Pacheco most weeks going forward as a low-end RB2. I don't think so. I, I think that's just how you submarine your team be perfectly honest with you and like yes I think that this week he's a better play than let's say James Cook or better play than Jalen Warren by like a hair still rather have those guys Mm, see I I could say that he's a better play than Michael Carter this week I don't think so I think Michael Carter is a better play Mm, see I would go with Pacheco for the like I think most weeks unless you again you expect them to fall behind somehow I would just play Pacheco at this point I understand I will say the risk too. The risk is there is that that was just a one week thing, and all of a sudden next week <laughs> Edwards Alaire gets forty percent of the touches or something like that, and all they're they're all mixed in again. But at this point, I would play for that upside. I think the Chiefs have turned to him as their lead runner. I think that he is their lead runner. It's just I don't think the Chiefs like to run. They especially don't love to run into the goal line. <laughs> no, but they is that the chicken or the egg argument? Is that because Edwards Alaire? sucks so bad at running at the goal line and McKinnon's not your option there. Maybe they finally have an option. It's a good matchup this week too. The Chargers run defense is not good. Chargers defense is just not good. I mean, that's true. <laughs> There's a problem, Pat. <laughs> just not any good. Uh, so you would, yeah, so good. based on what you just said, it sounds like you would play James Robinson over Michael Carter. I have Carter at 33 and Robinson at 35. It's just, I, I know that Carter, if there's passing game work to be had, he is going to get it. It's not like he's not going to run the ball. No, I would but see that's the thing. I would play Pacheco over both of them. I would play Carter over Robinson just because when it comes down to looking at this match, it'd be like, ooh, this should be one where the Jets maybe are in the lead and play control, and that is a James Robinson game. But I mean, and you've mentioned time and before this year that the pass run defense is susceptible this year. I just don't know which version of the Jets I'm gonna get any given week with Zach Wilson a quarterback. I just never know. So that's where I would just go for the Carter play. I would just I know Carter's going to be involved some way. 
no matter what, and there's more likelihood of the upside of things going sideways and him getting those pass catches than James Robinson, you know, getting 18 carries because they just control the entire game. But that's what I'm saying is instead of trying to figure out that mess, instead of trying to figure out the mess of uh, like Carolina with you just, eh, I'm obviously not playing our, that's not a good one because I'm not playing over Deonta Foreman. I'm trying to look at another backfield mess that I want to, Denver, I play Pacheco over anybody in Denver. There's no question about that. Uh, I'd rather play Melvin Gordon, 100%. No, no. Jekyll versus Melvin Gordon. Let's do it. All right. Throw it up. Add it to the list. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I felt like absolute garbage in the morning. And you know what? I started taking Athletic Greens in the morning because I just wanted more energy. I didn't want to feel crappy in the AM when I woke up. I got two little kids. I'm up super early. And I, friends, am not a morning person. Started using Athletic Greens. Boom. Energy all the time throughout the course of the day. It just sets me up right because it has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help start your day right. So I take it, my wife takes it, the kids are probably too small to take athletic greens. I mean, they're probably not, but I'm trying to hoard that stuff for myself so it doesn't all go away. It's lifestyle friendly, you don't need to take pills to this pill here and that pill there. You can just down some delicious athletic greens and get yourself right. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day. Some people are like, oh, I work out every day, I go for a walk every day. This is something you can do when you wake up just once and you can make sure that you do it every morning it's super easy and gets you on the right track so right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition and to make it easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com mayo again that's athleticgreens.com mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. 
And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Wide receiver rankings for week number 11. Justin Jefferson, number one against the Dallas Cowboys. Diggs, Adams, Lamb, Hopkins, doesn't, don't, I really don't care who plays quarterback. Hopkins has been fantastic since he's come back. Super steroid power for DeAndre Hopkins. I know. A- A.J. Brown coming off the bad game. Here we go. Amon Ra, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. Now that Matt Ryan is back, pop him up. Terry McLaurin, pop him back up. It's all great news for those losers that we drafted like pretty highly back in the preseason. Now they're coming around. Olave at yep. number 11. Amare, Gabe Davis, Rondell Moore, Debo. Cortland Sutton, Josh Palmer, Deontay Johnson, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and George Pickens. I don't have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams in. That's why I have Josh Palmer at this spot, and I think this matchup is much better for him than the matchup that we saw against San Francisco. Mm, I think so as well. Uh, even with no Jerry Judy, I'm still a little hesitant to have Cortland Sutton that oh, high. Oh, I, I, actually <laughs> have, I actually have Judy in. Oh, do you? I do. I have him at 27. Yeah, uh, then I definitely wouldn't have Cortland Sutton that high. Man, he was he made some tremendous catches against Tennessee. He st- he does, <laughs> but the Russell Wilson and the offense are trash. How are, how to hand? It, you know what? This should just be the game where they file both head coaches at the same time. How are McDaniel's and Hackett still have head coaching jobs right now? It's expensive to fire coaches, okay? I mean, everybody else is doing it. Yeah, but the Raiders are facing each other this week. I'm pretty sure the Raiders are still paying out Gruden in his like $100 million contract. So just bring him back. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone forgot about that. John, you're back. This other guy sucks. So (laughs) No, we don't care what you said. It's cool. You can come back now. So I think the sneaky part about Tennessee is that they've had a top 10 rush and pass defense uh, so far this season. And you know who doesn't? The Raiders. They get no pressure. They can't play defense, run or pass. I think Russell Wilson could have a really nice game here. Ah, I'm not buying into it Mr. at this point. Un- you can. Unlimited. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Unlimited is going to do exercises on the plane again. He should. I mean, they, that, they that won, might be the tip. I mean, they won that game. It, dude, it wasn't that pretty. Although hey. he's at home, so he's already, he's already made the trip at this point. So I would play Josh Palmer. I know he had a lower game last week, but I'm just Josh Palmer. With no Kenyon Allen and no Mike Williams, I'm definitely having it. You know, I'm going to flip a question to you. Okay. Uh, by the way, I would go. I would go with George Pickens over him uh, with no Chase Claypool in that mix now. But at 19, what do you make of this? Because it's such an anomalous small sample. But it is Donovan Peoples Jones hammers on the road. Amari Cooper sucks on the road, and it's vice versa at home. And it makes no sense. Rich Rebar brought it up last week and was talking about the fact that Amari Cooper destroys man coverage, and Miami runs a ton of three-man deep, and just this should be a game for Cooper. But the home road splits are what they are, and it was another quiet road game and another big game for Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's kind of similar to Ben Roethlisberger for two or three straight seasons where it was like he sucked on the road and he was great at home, and nobody could explain it, not even Mike Tomlin. I, what, do you put any weight into this? Because the numbers are there. It's clearly Donovan Peoples-Jones on the road and Amari Cooper at home. 
Well, I didn't last week, and I mean, I did play a bunch of Donovan Peoples-Jones on DraftKings, but I also played a bunch of Amari Cooper, thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be a high-scoring game. They'll have to catch up. Yeah. He'll do something. No, didn't do anything. I, I brought this, I believe we, I spoke about this with Tambo last week, because I had brought that up to him as well, because you had mentioned it to me. And I kind of said, like, it doesn't really make any sense, because this was kind of the tag on him in Dallas as well. He always played well at home and played very, not poorly on the road, but just didn't have nearly the same numbers when they got outside of Cowboys. Stadium, and I figured, well, maybe he just plays better on turf and indoors rather than outdoors. But now that doesn't even make any sense. Maybe he just likes sleeping in his own bed. <laughs> uh, it's it's um, that's very possible. That's actually what I asked Mike Tomlin about the Ben Roethlisberger thing. He said that he's like, yeah, there's nothing. We don't do game plans differently. We don't do anything differently. Some people just are more comfortable in other locations, and that was kind of how he left it. Very coach speaky, but I mean, just maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just people sleep better at home. I don't know. So, like, would you bench Amari Cooper? No, but I don't think you can put him as a wide receiver one. It's just staring us there in the face. But now watch him catch two touchdowns this week. But I just, it's just, it's hard to ignore how much it's been this year. I mean, like you look at the guys behind Amari Cooper. Yeah, they're not actually that great. This no, that, 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 yeah, this week sucks. <laughs> well, once you take Cooper Cup out of the mix, and like there's all the Tampa receivers are out of the mix. It's just like, oh, yeah. Like, that's Christian, that's Christian, three Christian. guys inside the, yeah, three guys inside the top 20 that are gone. Take Chris, out DK Metcalf, take out Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. And, and Kirk. Christian Kirk. Yeah, like it's a bad wide receiver bye week. There's that. You legitimately have taken, there, there's like five to seven top 20 wide receivers gone this week. All right. I guess you can't push them down too far then. Yeah. Like, yeah, so if, you, if you want to play Gabe Davis <laughs> over Amari Cooper, go for it. Like, that's fine by me. Not that you probably yeah. care what I think anyway. The other one that I was uh, to take my victory lap on Swift to watch, probably these guys overs together this week, because now that I've mentioned this, they're both going to go off. I nailed Debo, by the way, when people were super high on him. Uh, see, I was low on him too. I think you were lower than I was because I still had him in like the low end wide receiver one tier, which is still too high because of the concern that I brought up. It wasn't even so much that I thought the rushing was going to go away as much as it did, although now it came back with Elijah Mitchell. But that was part of the game plan, too. But it's I think you and I had this conversation, if not on this one, I had it on my own football show is the fact that there were very few games last year where we saw Debo, Kittle and Ayuk all healthy together let alone part of what I was baking into it too, was Trey Lance, which that's now, so I was right, but not necessarily for the right reason with the quarterback situation, but it was right for the other options involved. There's just too many options where even Kittle's going to have down games like we just saw. Kittle, Kittle might wasn't suck. a wide receiver. Or, yeah, Kittle, or not wide receiver. Kittle wasn't on my tight end tier one. I was right about that one too. I was like, no, I'm like, I'm not putting there. He's not in the Kelsey Andrews conversation because there's just too many options now with everybody being healthy. I dropped Sutton to number 20 in the rankings. I think I was maybe a bit yeah. too bullish on old Cortland here. So 21, Brandon Ayuk to talk about the San Francisco 49ers. Howard Boyd at number 22. I think he's got to be higher, though. Who? Ayuk, don't you, at this point? Ayuk is, Ayuk's been top 15 for, like, what, four or five weeks now? I'd play Ayuk over Rondell Moore in that same game. If I had the choice between the two, I would play oh, Ayuk. I don't know. I, I don't think if Colt McCoy is starting and Rondell's getting, like, 13 targets, I'll, I'll take Rondell. <laughs> But I would play Ayuk over Debo at this point. Would you? Yes, I, I I would. I had him like last week. I would I would do Ayuk over Debo at this point. And at this point, Ayuk has been the consistent. Everybody is getting glossed over, but Ayuk has been the better wide receiver for multiple weeks now. 
I'm going to stick with Debo and that upside for one more week. And you know what? I'll flip it next week if it doesn't come to fruition. You know, that'll be my Thanksgiving resolution. Do you do Thanksgiving resolutions? Is that a thing? No, I don't even do New Year's resolutions. All right. Neither do I. So I, I can make well, a commitment to life any given day of the week or uh, year. I don't, it doesn't need to be a special day. Ayuk, Boyd, and then into Garrett Wilson, Jacoby Myers, Kadarius Toney, Alan Lazard, Jerry Judy, Curtis Samuel, Devonta Smith, and the guy who won everyone the monies last week, Christian Watson. After that, I have Cooks, DJ Moore, Duvalnay, Darnell Mooney, Paris Campbell, Corey Davis, who I expect to be back, Darius Slayton, Drake London, Mac Hollins, and Nico Collins is where I am going at receiver. Like you said, it gets thin quickly. I want to talk about Tony for a minute. Hunky Tony. Uh, I don't have Juju or Hardman in the rankings, and it was pretty... I, I thought he blew out his hamstring on the touchdown when he hopped into the end zone. Me. He was just going style points. Mm. It was like when Jefferson faked the hamstring injury, really threw everyone off the scent that he was going to go for 200 yards in the game. But every time <laughs> they went to Tony, it was like a legit big play. It was, and I think with no Juju, he kind of fits the Juju role a little bit, despite not being similar in stature. Uh, but you've seen, even if Mikkel Harbin's back, Mikkel's actually been 60 to 70% of the time on the slot this entire year, and Juju hasn't been there as much as some were thinking, including myself. I thought it'd be a little bit more because that's kind of like he's the big slot role. It hasn't really been. It's been mostly Mikkel Harbin with Juju playing a lot outside, and Tony now with the Chiefs, what had been to at least, I mean, it's a very small sample because it's very limited game size, but he hasn't been spending a lot of much time in the slot, even with no Mark Miko Hardman in the last game. So I think if you're looking at this, Hardman, if he's back, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling kind of stay who they were, and the most upside is I how you have them ranked is Kadarius Tony. I'm with you on this. I would rank it. I would go Tony, Hardman, and MVS this week if Hardman plays. I thought this was interesting. Season wide receiver yards per route leaders. It's all the players that you would expect. Tyreek, Diggs, mm -hmm. A.J. Brown. That was before last night's game. Justin Jefferson, Waddle, DeAndre Hopkins. Rashad Bateman is actually number nine on that list, although I don't think that he's going to be back anytime soon. Darius Slayton, number seven on that list. <laughs> he's He's been in my waiver column for weeks. Like No one wants since... Darius Slayton. I tried to sell Tambo no. on the DraftKings show last week on Darius Slayton over Wendale. I was like, if Slayton scores, it's going to be from like 50 yards. Like, this is what he does. And it's just like, now... So, here, I'll give you this because I put the little huffy puffy emoji when I'm frustrated because I have very little to say at this point. Like if I have somebody in waivers for like five weeks in a row, like if you don't want them, you want, like you just said, nobody wants them. If you don't want them, you don't want them. I can't keep saying the same thing every single week, but I did have something new since week five. Cause that's about when that thing happened with no Kenny Gold. Like everybody's getting hurt. Sterling Shepard's out and they're like down to, you know, just Wondell Robinson and, and Slayton since week five, Slayton's 31st in team target percentage, ninth in team air yards percentage, 13th in yards per out run, and 27th in fantasy points per game. He's a top 30 wide receiver basically across the board, and nobody wants him. Yeah, I mean, that, that tracks. Do you want him? <laughs> I do. I've picked him up. I've played him. Well, He's a wide receiver three. Listen, I'm going to have to play him this week. because I mean, okay, well, let's talk about – you're playing all these guys. It's a week – you're going to be out, guys, at receiver this week. If you have, We listed the players who Hold are on. out. I'll tell you how far I go. I would play him over DJ Moore. The DJ Moore numbers with Baker Mayfield versus PJ Walker are insane. I put him in my – that's something else. If you want to go check it out in the waiver column on there. It's the, the target percentage, the reception percentage, everything. He has – 
more yards, points per game, touchdowns, everything in three and a half games of Walker versus five and a half games of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is going to ruin this team. All right, so I'll move Slayton up to 31. How far down should I bump DJ Moore, do you think? Like down by Nico Collins? I think he, I think by Drake London. I think they have similar, they could have a big day or absolutely nothing. I think that's who DJ Moore is with Baker Mayfield. It's either top 15 or 50th. All right, I've dropped him down. So no Cooper Cup, we need replacements. I have I have a team that has like I have Cup and Evan. So one's on by, one's how long do we think Cooper Cup's gonna be out for? Season? Four weeks? Like did they say, to, yeah. I think it's gonna be the season because they're gonna get to the point where they're like, well, we're going nowhere. Why would we bring him back? That's what so what I was about to say, I think it's at least the fantasy season and then potentially the real NFL season, because what you just said is that he's tracking to maybe come back for the last two three games at most and then you would say okay maybe they get him ready which at that point for fantasy managers you still say like do you even hold on to him for the championship game well he's cooper cup but what you said is what i think is most important is this does he come back because the rams are out of it the rams are not a playoff i mean because of their division they're still technically kind of in it but they're not we know what the rams are this year unfortunately everything went sideways for them everything's falling apart including that what the offensive line has started with everything and matthew stafford's health stafford could get shut down and then why do you bring back Cooper Cup for two games if you're already out of it at that point? So I'm with you. I wouldn't. I don't want to outright drop him, but if you're in a ten team league with thin benches, I do it. If no, please play with IR spots again. But if you don't have it, I think I think he's droppable. So if Stafford is back, which he should be, I have Allen Robinson at number forty three. I still don't feel good about him. I don't feel good about him either. I think Van Jefferson's close just because they has that connection with with Stafford last year. But Stronic, I mean, he's that Skronik. No, I, I, I no. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring somebody in. I don't know who's sitting out there at this point. Um, maybe on somebody's practice squad somewhere. But it's not anybody that I think is going to make noise. I think we were officially looking at this team as just dead for fantasy purposes like even Kyron Williams you got a lot of snaps in his first game of action but not a lot of touches and maybe eventually takes over so what but yeah. RB3 because of how terrible that team is like Daryl Henderson just showed us what the best case scenario is in that game and yeah sure it was a top 15 top 20 performance but that's because it was a touchdown and I don't think that's going to happen most weeks so if you need fill-ins for some of these guys, here's some names I'm going to throw. I think that Slayton, I mean, I guess if Christian Watson is available, you can go pick him up. Uh, but I think he's going to be very popular. Of like the ran- random jabrones you can go pick up. Slayton's probably the best. Duvernay, if he's still out there. Paris Campbell with Matt Ryan back. Seems like he jumped ahead of Alec Pierce. Maybe I would actually take him over Slayton. You would take Paris Campbell over Slayton? Yeah, his numbers with and without Matt Ryan are like he, Matt Ryan basically made Alec Pierce a non-factor now. So here, here's the numbers real quick. Campbell has 32 targets for 24 receptions, 203 yards and three touchdowns in just three games with Matt Ryan. In the two with Ellinger, it was seven for four receptions and 58 yards. Okay. Matt Ryan all of a sudden just loves Paris Campbell since that week. What was it? Six game. So, yeah. That, that's what we're looking at here. I, I would take Campbell over Slade. Uh, Corey Davis might be available if he was dropped because of the injury. I don't even know if he's going to be back, but if he is, it's not a great matchup. But Zach Wilson does love him some Corey Davis. Matt Collins, Nico Collins, maybe Jarvis Landry is available. Khalif Raymond, K.J. Osborne, Nick I mean, Westbrook. You, you can go back up your rankings. DeAndre Carter and Donovan Peoples-Jones are still available in quite a few leagues, unless Keenan Allen comes back. Are, is Donovan Peoples-Jones really that available? 
I had as my number one yes. pickup, but I thought he was sort of like, yeah. he was right on the fringe of, if you play in a super competitive league, he's probably already, he was gone two weeks ago, but maybe not. You would think so and hope so. The percentages still don't show it. And you mentioned Duvernay. Duvernay on Yahoo technically checks at 59%, just under the 60% threshold, which you and I like to use. Oh, I, I do the 50 now, by the way. Oh, you dropped down to 50? Yeah. That's fair. I still, I kind of looked across the sites and CBS and ESPN are so off on the, the extremes that I just kind of break. Like maybe we'd move it down to 50 for uh, Yahoo, but I still feel like Yahoo's got the best. Sleeper would be the best one, but there's no list like there is on Yahoo. Like you have to go to each player on Sleeper to check. CBS is just, if you play a, like CBS fantasy football, I'm pretty sure you're 64 years old. <laughs> Like, like who or, or who, friends, who, with, friends with Jamie and Dave? Yeah, and like Nando still plays on it. Like when I played a league with Nando because he's an old oh my CBS, gosh, he's an old CBS guy. Not, when I told Nando we were moving the flex leagues to sleepers, like just move him to CBS. I'm like, yeah. I'm not paying for this ancient site. Yeah, like the reason people still play on CBS because I think it was like the first mass fantasy football game. So like when they started playing in 1997 or whatever it was, they just never left. So that's who's on that. Oh, site. see. I played on Sandbox, if you remember that one from way back in the day. Jake, you're like 20 years older than me. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Tight ends for week number 11. I'm going to go Kelsey Andrews, no shocker. Goddard, TJ Hawkinson. Dalton Schultz, Pat Firemouth. How am I supposed to say? I keep screwing up this last name because I read it as Dulwich, but it's obviously not Dulwich. It's like Dulwich or something. Dulcich. Dulcich. It's, it's a sick. Dulcich. I don't like It's it. kind of almost like uh, Donchick. It's Donchick, but with a sick. So it's Don, it's Dulcich. So it's according not. To, like, according to everybody who says that's how it's pronounced. Like, I was pronouncing it wrong out of college. So that. You know what I mean? When he came out of college. So I'm just going off what everybody else has been saying since he's been active. So Greg Dulcich. It should be Sitch then. Dulcich. I guess he doesn't have it is, like but slow It's Dulcich. Six. You got to get it's It's tough because you're doing this sound with a ch. So it makes it really tough to well, say. That's why. Greg Jones comes in at number seven. <laughs> <laughs> George Kittle. I, I choked on that. George Kittle at eight. I'd have Foster Moreau higher, but Denver's tough. I have him at number nine. Cole Komet, Kyle Pitts at 11. Hayden Hurst, Trey McBride, Jawan Johnson, yeah. Dawson Knox, Harrison Bryant, assuming there's no Njoku against Buffalo, Taysom Hill, Hunter Henry, Higby, Tower Conklin. Then I have Trey McKitty at number 21 with both Parham and Gerald Everett, both likely to be out. I have some stats for you here. I tweeted these out. Sometimes I tweet out stats, if you didn't know. Yards per nice. route leaders. Lost my pen. For tight end so far this season. Goddard, Kelsey, Andrews, Fryermouth. One, two, three, four. Will Disley, Kyle Pitts, Daniel Schultz, Daniel Bellinger. Really surprised me. Bellinger was doing all... Bellinger was turning into a tight end one before he got his eye destroyed. Yeah, was that like so. a, in any given Sunday situation? <laughs> they got poked in the eye so hard. Like, but I guess it must have been a fist in the eye because he broke his o- occipital lobe, or however you ever say ah, that. When I got the shit beat out of me bone. in first year university, that's what happened to me. Boom! Shattered orbital bone. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Tough scene for old oh. Pat. Wow. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, shit happens when you run your mouth. <laughs> did, did, I, did I learn? No. <laughs> no. Uh, the only one I would say... I, I don't want to put him back into the graces of being a tight end one, 
but I'd be a little bit more bullish. Like I'd play Higby over Taysom Hill. I'd probably play Higby even over Dawson Knox at this point, just because we saw in that game once they lost Cooper Cup because they're down. That's a good to, call. As you mentioned, yeah, Saints- Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson. They went back. He went back to Higby quite a bit. Saints have been good against New York. Saints have been good against tight ends. They have was, been, was but well. they haven't played the like the the hell's bell hell's bells <laughs> murderers row of tight ends. I'm just crossing references all over the place yeah last week routes per drop back leaders and i think this is one of the most important things for tight ends for who you see as a receiving tight end this really surprised me moreau was number one he's always number one when he plays because he doesn't block he is a receiver so that's why i like foster moreau going forward especially i don't know if waller comes back this year or not so he could actually be quite the pickup for you going forward uh is number five at 80 percent kittle 90 percent for a guy who's so good at blocking he doesn't block anymore no, we did a little bit this past week, though. Yeah, I mean, run blocking, he's fantastic. But pass blocking, like, they no, just don't the, ask him to do it. Same as Hawkinson. Like, no, Hawkinson's an awesome run some, blocker. He's at 82%. Like, he's just not blocking. Well, yeah, I, I know you're talking, but there was some, I don't remember who tweeted out. It wasn't me, is that they said that Kittle in that game might have been, um, it was either Yankee, was it, from PFF? I don't know. This. So he was running routes, but blocking routes if that makes sense it's kind okay. of like the He's running pits. ones or yeah. like you could yeah yeah that tracks okay quarterbacks real quick yeah uh hurts allen fields lamar mahomes herbert burrow danny jones at number eight dak and cousins against each other's the top 10 and then for like if you need someone to fill in mariota garoppolo mr unlimited kenny pickett heineke <laughs> uh matt ryan those are the top 16 i think you can figure something one of those guys is going to be available for you i think yeah i think so i like garoppolo garoppolo has been a nice villain for quite a few weeks oh by the way from the denver post i found it pat dulcich s-i-t-c-h dulcich dulcich like the situation you call him the situation oh there you go greg the situation no just no 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 one ever called yeah just the situation it's like when like you'd be like people magazine here's mike the situation now it's a fucking just the situation okay (laughs) we know who you're talking about all right okay uh defenses to close this out very quickly once again you can hit the description and find all of the lists i got philly the patriots ravens niners jets top five Broncos, Cowboys, Bills, Steelers, Rams, top 10. Bengals, Saints, Raiders, Giants, Bears, Detroit as the top 16 this week. Is there anyone you want to make a case for that you really need to go out and play? I, you, I, you said you, you like the Rams. I have them at 10. I, I, that's about where I'll probably have them. I, I like the – where do you have the Bengals? Uh, I like Bengals. the Bengals a little bit more than you do. Bengals at 11. Uh, I – I think I actually go with the Bengals even over liking the Rams. They, they, their past events is opportunistic. And I mean, we're talking about Kenny Pickett. This is the kind of quarterback we love to attack with defenses. Yeah, but I mean, I love to attack Andy Dalton with the Rams defense. I love to attack Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow down Jamar Chase, no offensive line with TJ Watt back with the Steelers. Sure. I could, I'm, Let's keep fighting about it. Just, actually, you got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I got to go. <laughs> All right, Jake Seeley, at All In Kid on the Twitter machine for as long as I guess that lasts for. And we have him at theathletic.com. So go check him out over there. You can follow me at the PME. Remember to like, smash the like button, or gently caress. Do whatever you want to the like button. Just hit it. All right. And then do the same thing to the sub button, sub to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, rating and review, DraftKings Listeners League in the description, rankings in the description, newsletter in the description, hammer.com. 
bet, go to it, thehammer.bet, sorry, if you want some more gambling info and runthesims.com slash mayo to get yourself 10% off. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.